0: episode 54 i am your host big john bass it's another hip-hop forum episode which means i'm joined by the man bc the grand slam Fang your nan <laughs> in
1: the back of a van
0: <laughs> back of a fucking of the van. i found a ham. how are you mate you're right
1: yeah man all good yeah throwing ham around cans of beans you know just, uh, yeah, usual there's only option. one way to treat a lady really and that's the best way just <laughs> loads of food
0: stuff everywhere the tinned but yeah all good good mate and we're also joined uh with the dulcet tones of mr thelonious Phil. how are you mate what's
2: up what's up it's been too long been too long
0: been too long we um we are fucking terrible <laughs> we are so bad and i look i'll take a lot of the responsibility here because it's mostly me going right what, what day is everyone available okay tuesday yeah all right and then about five minutes before we record yeah, guys, something's come up. I'm really sorry. So, like, it's mainly my fuck up. But me and T really enjoy blaming Cal uh, regardless. So, like, even if it's that me and T. Fun. So, so T's like, oh, I can't do Monday to Wednesday. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do, like, Friday to Sunday. And Cal's like, I can do all week except, like, one day. And we're like,
2: oh, fucking hell, Cal. You're fucking hell. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Cal's like the podcast at Lowen Hill, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i was only like one day i had plans and i adjusted those plans
2: <laughs> so this
1: is one day that i had plans i was like yeah but i'll leave them early so i can do the pod and then there i am out and about and it's like I get the text saying oh it's off tonight oh it's never mind for fuck's
2: sake i had a brainwave about friday so that saved the day i thought hang on there's a, there's, there's a one hour gap i can do something so yeah.
0: here we are yeah, here we are. So it's later than usual on a Friday, but we, 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 we're we still with you. So if you're listening to this as it dropped, we got it. We got it out in the same day, at least, that it's supposed to come out. So normally it comes out first thing. So Oh, well, it's there. It's going to be there. Um, just just an update. Uh, if you want to have a look at all things Notorious P.O.D., go to the website www.notoriouspod.com. Um, you can submit music for Halftime Hype. You can have a look at previous episodes. You can have a look at some of the articles that are on there. Uh, loads of shit, so again go and check that out. Um if you want to leave us a review on uh, iTunes, they're really useful. Uh, we get some good feedback on there, you know, telling us what shit job we're doing, um, you know, and what we could do better, which is always nice. Um, but what we really like is for you to tell us your top five favourite rappers of all time, and then leave the hashtag five for five. So just you know, it's not <clears throat> the best, it's not who you think should be on the Mount Rushmore hip hop. It's your personal five favourite rappers. Stick them on there, hashtag five for five. Leave us a little five-star review, and we'll be very appreciative. Um, before we start, let's um, we we don't done this for a little while because we sort of uh we have so much to cover in a normal pod that we don't talk about what we've been listening to. So, should we just talk about what we've been listening to recently, very quickly? Uh, what's been What's been on the heavy rotation? Um, let's start with you, mate. What What's been What's been on your uh, on heavy rotation for you?
2: Well, for the benefit of our American listeners, I'm going to pronounce his name in an exaggerated way. Was a bloke called Potter Paper yeah he's released an album this week and it's very good and i'm going to call him potter because it's funny but no it's a really really good album um which is drill you know with um you know a bit of hip-hop and yeah i've given it the once over very very nice album um I guess also from a drill angle you've got millions who released a few weeks ago um heady one's done the mixtape which is which is middling in terms of um U.S. hip hop, not really heard much, but um Benny the Butcher's been putting out a few singles of Big Ghost, and they sound pretty impressive. So maybe there's another project coming from him. But the latest, latest is um, Potter Paper. Nice. How about you, Cal? Uh,
1: I finally got round to listening to Kanye, uh, which I didn't hate. Actually, I thought it was all right. I think uh, the the Vivio Foreign verse on that song i think it's called off the grid i really like his verse he really fucking smashes it obviously west side gun uh listening to west side gun quite a bit his new his latest project i think it is it hit where's hitler where's hermes eight or whatever the fuck part two or whatever like it's ridiculous ridiculous title for a fucking album and the uh the other thing is i've been most i've been quite recently reminded that king combs is a generational talent and he has he has entered my lexicon once again but that's about it really
0: fair fair enough i um i i've taken it in a different direction i have not stopped listening to this it's not really an album it's more of an ep is um thames if orange yeah. was a place i cannot stop listening to it it's so fucking good and because it's quite short it's just such a little like i'm going for a walk to this place you can just throw it on cool. it's only like 20 minutes long the whole thing it's so fucking good. I just can't stop listening to it. So it's like, I don't know, it's something a little bit different, not hip hop, but <clears throat> it's a great album, Thames. Check that out. That's T E M S, if anyone hasn't. It's not like See that, the Thames.
2: That might, that might be something else. Um, Lady Cord, how do you pronounce her name? It's N A O. Is it N-A-O? now?
0: Now, innit?
2: Or uh, Nao? No, she, I don't know. Nao. She's a UK singer and she's recently released an album. I and mean, I mean, it's not, there's a couple of Afro B E things like, um, like Thames, but it's a very, very nice album. So forget the title, but that's another nice recent album.
0: Yeah, she, she's really talented, because she did, um, did a couple of tracks with Muramasa, like the vocals yeah. for some of the stuff on there, and yeah, she's great. Cool. All right, let's let's um, let's jump into the first part, Street Report, the latest from the world of hip-hop. We're, gonna, we're, we're going in pretty, pretty all guns blazing here, and this week, Cal put together a running order, and the way he phrases things, um, he knows that I'll read them and piss myself laughing. So I'm going to have to now, in my head, re-edit this before I say it public. R. Kelly guilty in a sex abuse case (laughs) so as we we've probably quite um inappropriately like joked in the past about r kelly and and kind of like my reluctance to stop listening to him that was on the basis of um innocent until proven guilty he has now been proven guilty so the guy is 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 not only like a suspected sexual abuser he he is now a convicted one right so I think this takes it into a different direction really and, and made me like reflect on it a little bit as to whether or not I can carry on listening to music by someone who is actually a sex offender um so I don't know I just I thought it was um I thought it was quite it was kind of I guess for the victims and people it, like oh. involved in it there's a little bit of closure there because this has been this has been decades in the making. Mm. This this case. Um, so, T, what did you like? What did you make of the news? Like when you when you saw that um, breaking this week?
2: Felt felt a bit of relief. You know, drew a line under the accusations that had been going for for a long time. As you mentioned, closure closure for the you know, people who were abused. Uh, I mean, I stopped listening to his stuff a long time ago. Maybe later than I should, because um, the signs were there from probably the late 90s, early noughties, and I still continue to listen to him. Um, it's, I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out, but it's a bit of an individual thing. It's a bit like, you know, Newcastle being owned by these by, by these owners who have got their wealth by nefarious means. It's a bit like, well, you know, morally it's not right, but if you enjoy listening to his music and it gives you a good feeling, sometimes music is uh, attached to memories and good memories, and you're not thinking of, necessarily the artist him or herself or themselves so um i think it's um i mean it's a tough one as i said I, I made a decision to not listen to him a while ago and probably won't listen to him going forward but yeah this has been running for a very long time and i must have had a severe amount of evidence to to have put him away maybe he's skint and couldn't afford the lawyers because sometimes it's a case of having to prove that they've done it and the onus is on the accusers so as i said i'm just glad that there's some closure now
0: yeah, for sure. Cal, Cal, what um, what do you think about this one, mate? You, you stuck it in the running order. What did you think?
1: Yeah, it was um, it's obviously a big story. R. Kelly for a long time was I know it's a hip hop podcast, but he was the king of R and B. He he made so much good music and was such a massive icon in R and B, and that kind of leaked into into hip hop. So I kind of felt it was a an interesting story just because he was such a big artist at one time. It's interesting what T brought up about you know people that have still listened to his music and may still do i know a good friend of mine uh, i won't mention their name but will probably still be listening to it because they just think, well, I don't give a fuck like the music they separate the the art from the man
0: yeah
1: they know that the what 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 they did is terrible and they hate them for it but that's a banger and some people can do that and i and i think and i can understand that because i think you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, we've all got a pair of Nike trainers, but the people that make them aren't treated great. You know, we all buy from Amazon, you know. And it's yeah. all this, it's hard to, to leave the house without coming across something that's a little bit problematic. You know, R. Kelly is at the far end of the spectrum of that, but um the point still stands. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting what the reaction was to it. He's always going to have his supporters that will back him no matter what. Um If I put my tin out on for a second... Now he's no longer successful, and there's no need to protect him anymore. It seems. It seems that you know it's easy to to get a conviction for him. And once the documentary came out, and all of these people came out and said what had happened to them, I think it was quite clear he was going to catch a case very soon, and it wasn't going to. And this time it was going to stick. And I'm glad it has because he's to be honest, he's an evil cunt, and he deserves to just be in prison for a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of, without trying to trivialize it, but obviously I want to try and lift the mood a little bit. One of the yeah. things that that has um. Has made it sort of some some comedy coming out of darkness, which is a very British gallows humor thing. The memes of him in prison and people like, <laughs> right, like Robert. 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 Some, of, some of them have been fucking genius, um, phenomenal. So like absolute comedy gold. So you know, it's, you know, every cloud uh, again. Not, <laughs> I'm going to
1: remix your ignition, Robert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you, fi- you you think you're ready? <laughs>
0: i love it it's so good it's it's so good um just actually flipping it around to something you just said there uh, as well uh, kind of tying this to hip-hop um you would have thought that one once the case had got to a point where it was like right guilty now you're in a point where it's then very difficult and you would suggest that most people would want to distance themselves or um kind of publicly like disown him but um Actually, Chuck D came to his defense uh, and then quickly backtracked. I think that was on Twitter, wasn't it? He kind of like dropped a few... But what was the detail there, mate?
1: So he was kind of like saying, okay, he's got 10 years. How long do we think it's going to take for him to be... What's the word? Like reformed, like a reformed character. He was instantly talking about forgiveness and reformation. and It wasn't just like, fuck him, I hope he rots. It It was the other way. It was all about kind of yeah kind of him being a reformed character and how long that you know that will take and it was just an interesting thing and i think he probably got a few replies like what the fuck mate and uh and he quickly backtracked and said look i never liked his music i wasn't the one defending him i'm just saying it was just a bit 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 odd bit odd
0: yeah i mean it's like it sounds to me like it comes across like one of those things where in his head he's like maybe we should try and go down the route of like How do we help people? Like it's probably really well intentioned, but it's so soon after someone's been proven guilty for some fucking horrendous crimes. You're going to come off looking looking pretty stupid there. Um, T, t anything to add to that before we move on,
2: mate? Well, I think um, Chuck D has been a long-standing um um, oppose, long-standing opposer of um, of the U.S. jail system. So I think um, that did play a bit of a part in what he in, in what he was asking the. I mean, the issue with you know social media was just um, you know you can miss a lot of context when he's asking the question because in his in his head he's asking what is an innocent question, but it's, it becomes fully loaded. It's like this is a bit like the the Dave Chappelle special, you know. Um, mm. you know if you t- take bits out of it out of context, it sounds bad. But if you listen to the rest of the show, maybe it's not so bad. And I think Chuck D's intentions weren't you know free Har Kelly. It was just a case of um, <laughs> trying to open up trying to open up some discourse over um, over what's actually happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I when I saw this in the running order, I was thinking Chuck D, like, nah, like, this is not his vibe. Like, I don't know, just like it was the last person I'd expect you know, to come to his defense. You know, you sort of think, well, like, you know, there's there's plenty of sort of nonce apologists in hip hop. KRS One, he's, he's oh, doing the
2: verses, you not he?
0: He is. Yes. Um We are going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so we will we will go into um, KRS nonce uh, a bit later on, right? Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, one of the, the the greatest. I think this is fair to say one of the greatest rappers ever, Ghostface, and one of uh, his most loved projects, um, Supreme Clientele. Um, Kanye West. <laughs> I think okay. Ghost actually announced this right that uh, the album was going to be exec produced by Kanye West, which f- phased me. I thought it was one of those things. You know when you like read these like clickbait like Instagram posts and it's like yeah. Kanye West to exec produced Supreme clientele. And then it's a picture of Kanye holding Supreme clientele one. And you're like, Oh, that's not really going to happen. Yeah. Is it? Uh, but this was ghost announcing this right now.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. It's a, uh... Yeah, Ghostface, he's one of those, he likes, he actually quite likes being produced, he likes having like one producer, he's done that quite a few times where he just worked for one producer on different albums. Obviously, he's had those albums as well, he works with different ones, but he's one of those that actually doesn't mind being produced. I don't know if that's what it's going to be, that is going to produce every track, or if he's just going to be executive producer and kind of jump in and out kind of thing. Um, So it's an interesting thing, and I think, you know, in terms of Kanye's recent standards, I think he's probably coming off a little W. You know, from the last album, it wasn't it wasn't great by any means. Like I said, probably never listened to it again, but it had a pretty good reception overall, um, other than the weird stands. But you know, it had a pretty good reception. He's coming off a win. Now he's going to go and do something with Ghost. So I don't think it's uh, I think it's a good thing overall. And and Ghostface, you know, he can make a good album with you know fucking. Frank Bruno, you know, and it'd still be decent, you know. It's just <laughs> Frank Bruno's always my go-to. <laughs> I know, it just makes no
0: sense, but I love it. And um, see, we we trust Ghostface to almost produce the producer here, don't we?
2: Yeah, he's got he's got a really good ear for beat. So um, I don't think it would be like terrible Kanye. It would be it'd be good Kanye because he won't. I, I don't think Ghostface will allow the standards to fall. I think there is even commented recently that um. You know, you might let Ghostface have a bigger say in the next Wu Tang album. Should it happen, because he's just got an ear for a beat, and he just knows what's hitting and what isn't hitting. So maybe with um, so maybe if Kanye West does executive producer, it'll just be that. But I don't. But executive producing, I mean, what is that? I mean, as far as I'm aware, isn't it funding the album or making sure everything runs on time? I mean, I don't think Kanye is the most reliable person for for this. I mean, they talked about the first Supreme Client, I had um. A few kind of little-known producers, Carlos Brody was one name that stood out that someone I'd never heard of before or since. I bet someone's probably right, oh, he's done this album and that album, what do you know about hip-hop? But yeah, um, <laughs> they these did, because um, the first album was entirely produced, Iron Man was produced entirely by the RZA, as with a lot of the Wu-Tang solo projects. But the second album, he kind of went outside RZA and found some other beats and the album just sounded really good. I think sequel albums are fucking garbage. But I'm still looking forward to what he comes up with on the next album.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Ghost is kind of a, a, I don't want to say like on his own, but a rare case of one rapper I would trust to get it right. Like, I I do feel like he, he does seem to, his beat selection is just pretty much unrivaled. And so I feel like he, he just won't fuck that up. I don't know. I don't know why. Also, like, there's so many alarm bells. It's a sequel. Kanye's in the mix. There's a lot of alarm bells there, but I don't know. I'm actually quite optimistic by that because To be honest, I feel like maybe like in terms of this executive producing thing, like what does it mean? What is it? I feel like basically it's what Dr. Dre is. He basically like gets other musicians and other producers to come in, but he's got like a an overall view of what he wants to create and will like tweak and pull and like basically fix things. But the sort of worker bees are like doing the 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 grunt work. If that's what it is, I sort of think that's actually probably quite good for Kanye. Because I think the days of him being the guy doing doing bits is probably beyond him now. But maybe he's still got that you'd like to think anyway, he's still got that ear for for the overall project of what he's trying to create. So it could be quite could be quite interesting.
1: Ghostface is allergic to whack juice. Like he's, yeah. he's allergic. He can you know, he's got so little duds out there. Um but yeah, I think executive producers are, it's like track ordering and we'll put that one there, maybe we won't put that one. It's all that. Yeah. Dr. Dre's a good example, Puffy's another one, it's just a conductor instead yeah. of a musician you know
0: yeah spot on all right let's um let's keep keep rolling we're keeping uh we're keeping this train on on the tracks part two back in the day
1: back in the days when i was young i'm not a kid anymore but some days i sit and wish i was a kid again. back in the days when i was young i'm not a kid anymore but some days i sit and wish i was a
0: kid again. <laughs> is a story that references something or someone from the golden era Got, got a few little bits and pieces here. Quite a lot going on uh, in, in the golden era. Um, some quite quite cool stuff. So first of all, Fuji's reuniting for a tour. Um, apparently, first show, <laughs> the rocked up three hours late. <laughs> and it was nine songs long. Imagine my shock. Um, the, the biggest fucking obvious thing to ever happen in the history of music, T. Uh, this was always going to happen, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I tweeted it you know, kind of laughing at what was going on. But I had a few replies saying it wasn't that bad. It was a free gig. It wasn't, I don't think anyone paid for it. So it's it's probably um, a bit more context required there. Um, Nine songs, I thought that was a bit short, but then it was, it is um, a concert for the score. Uh, I haven't got the track listing in front of me, but maybe they cut out the interludes and um, they put in Mm. Killing Me softly. I thought, because I think Cal and I saw the, can't remember what anniversary it was, but it was for and he did mm. the automatic and then did other songs. So, mm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, outside of um, outside of the score, they're probably do "Nappy Heads" from the first album. Maybe they'll do some solo stuff, but then parts just be standing there like a div, <laughs> just do it, get a superstar over and over again, doing <laughs> doing it, do it all three parts <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I mean um, it it is a seminal album um, but. No, there's two covers in the set list, man. I mean, what No Woman No Cry and Killing Me Softly. Uh, I, I think killing me I think you could have probably done a, done about No Woman No Cry, to be fair. Mm.
0: Yeah, fair. How are you um when it like got announced they were doing this reunion tour, what was your level of excitement for this, Cal? <laughs> I
1: was just like I wasn't I was never a massive fuji's fan anyway. Um actually as Time passes. I've always hated on the Lauren Hill album, Miss Education, but I'm actually starting to warm to it. You know, I actually think it's <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. But I wouldn't I wouldn't pay to I wouldn't pay to see any of them. And I certainly wouldn't pay to see Lauren Hill just because you know she's gonna be super fucking late. Fuck's um, that. um, but Especially if yeah,
0: the night tube in London at the moment because <laughs> you definitely. Yeah. Have- tube home I mean, if you kind of watch her it's like yeah. oh what time, what time she coming on oh we're supposed to be on at 8 alright fuck it that's it I've missed the tube then at 11 because she's not going to be there like yeah. it's that's the thing for me that's just like it's crazy is that yeah. the fucking lateness it's it's unbearable it's like it's become a cliche of a of self now like just turn the fuck up on time how hard is it you haven't had a fucking you haven't had a gig for about 10 years and everyone that you've had in those 10 years you didn't turn up for like, what are you do? How are you so big? What is Lauren? Is right, here's a question. Tweet us at Notorious POD. What is Lauren Hill doing to make herself late? Like, what? <laughs> what is it? Is the toilet blocked as the Tesco delivery arrived at a weird time that she wasn't expecting? What is the reason? I want to know why Lauren Hill is always late. It's, Please it's, let me know.
2: It's bizarre, but um, I've seen Wycliffe in his peak and I've seen, I've seen Lauren Hill in her peak performing an overrated album and um <laughs> so i've I've scratched the itch and it's fine i don't need to see him again so i'm not going to be queuing up to watch um them before perform, perform the score
1: yeah i kind of think the best thing for them really is that a, a proper promoter gets hold of it and says you lot are going to be on time a eh? and secondly they should do like all do their little solo bits and then at the end, do the Fuji stuff, do five, six Fuji songs, and that's your show kind of thing. It doesn't need to be nine songs and do the score. I think that's a bit, bit dead, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I, I was just interested, actually, in you guys. Uh, what Have you got any gig stories about when someone was super late?
0: Um, not my own, but I got told a story that fucking cracked me up. So a guy I know, uh, he's actually been on this pod before, um, Hugo's name is, uh, he went to see M.O.P. when he was, like, 16 in, like, like in, Br- in Bricks. No, he was in Manchester or somewhere like that. And, uh, yeah, so he was kind of, he was underage. And he was with, like, a couple of his, like, brothers, mates or whatever and got him in. And basically, like, everyone's, like, getting proper rowdy. There's fucking weed smoke everywhere. Everyone's getting fucking smashed. And then it like, gets to basically towards the sort of end of the night and M.O.P. have not turned up. <laughs> and, and it's the usual fucking story. Some bloke comes out and goes, I'll just let everyone know, like, MOP are not gonna be turning up. He said it literally exploded into a riot, like (laughs) fucking people just battering people just for no reason, just because they were so pissed off, just swinging people. He was like, I was 16 in this club, and everyone was just fucking kicking 10 balls of shit out of each other. Like the bouncers are coming in, getting like sparked in the middle of the floor, people getting all the fucking equipment, the DJ getting rushed, like apparently it was fucking bedlam. And he was like, I was shitting myself, but then I was just absolutely buzzing after that. Uh, <laughs> so that sounded pretty crazy.
2: I've I've probably got a copy and paste story of that, but with Buster Rhymes at the Forum around 1996. It was um, the, it was put on by 279. It was on Choice FM. And there were no tourists so having no shows at their gigs. I'm not sure if it was a mess with putting the spoilers on it because they did not get on at all. So um. So, the show happens at the forum in Kentish Town, and you get there, and a DJ smashing it. They even had a fashion show, people running on the people on like fucking catwalk and shit, sharing off their wares. And you know, the music's really bumpy, people are just dancing, just really enjoying themselves. And then they said, Buster Rams is near, Buster Rams is near. So, I'm like, okay. And then they said, Buster Rams is in the building. So, I'm like, fucking yes. And he's just done um, the coming. So, you've got like, Wu got you all in check. Um, you know, Ill Vibe, Q-Tip, all those tunes. They're all looking forward to this album now, in performing songs of the album. And then what have, must have been about half past one, they, they announced that Busta Rhymes didn't show. And I think before the bloke finished his sentence, someone went up on stage and took the decks, and people jumped behind the bar, <laughs> people jumped behind the bar and took the drinks. And um, I don't know if, um, well, if anyone listening has been to the Forum in Kentish Town, you know they've, outside the front there's a balcony. And someone stood on top of that balcony. They must have climbed through the window, climbed the balcony. It, just, just, it was just fucking kind. It must have been like the last days of Rome. So um, uh, so that was one. Um, in terms of people being late, uh, not not, not alarmingly to a point where I remember it. So that's that's probably the one story that the buster runs from. Angelo was
1: super late when I went to see him. He was about a good two hours late. Uh, and he said, oh, his flight's been delayed. Why, did you, why are you flying in the day of the gig, you fucking div? <laughs> I, was, I was proper annoyed. It's like, why aren't you flying the day before? Fucking hell, see the city. You're in London. You're in the greatest city in the world. Why would you spend a day in London? Um, but yeah, that was the only one. He was about two hours late. And then he performed his, the last album that he did. This was quite recent every song was like 10 minutes and if you've ever met me i've got adhd i don't really i just decided i have and i can't fucking stay still for that long where <laughs> 10 minute songs i'm like mate just fucking hurry up get to untitled so i can go home
0: <laughs> so that that was the uh, black messiah tour right yeah so i went i went to the same one and almost the opposite of that like someone being super early i think I've, i might have told this on the pod before i got there super early i was so buzzing for d'angelo i was like he's one of my favorite artists of all time cannot wait to see him live it's gonna be great so i got there fucking early like just getting there and you know when you're literally just like sitting like on the top of your seat because there's no one behind you there's no one in there so You're sitting on top of your seat and you just chatting and like waiting they were playing they were literally just playing jay dilla donuts just like playing the whole album through so I was like, this is great so sitting there having a few drinks and I go to go to the like bathroom. And as I walk up, the only other person who's in this whole fucking auditorium is Most Deaf. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. so I just sit and I'm like, what's up, most? It's just like popped into bed. What's up, most? Like he was my best mate. And then I just like, just spudded him. And he was like, all right, that was it. And then just walked off and I thought, that's it. I don't need any more of that. I'm not going to bother him. He knows I know who he is. Uh, and that was it. It was great. I was like, that was uh, made me look really cool. And then I just walked off. So yeah, it was like, why the fuck are you so early? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're almost deaf, rock up whenever you want. Um, yeah. And he was just there. He wasn't like part of the show. He didn't like make a cameo or doing it. He literally was just there to watch and it was pretty cool. So yeah. Amazing. Cool. All right. Let's um, let's go to the next piece. So uh, yeah, we're still talking about, I guess, like st- something that references the golden era. Um, it doesn't get more sort of like late nineties, uh, early noughties than Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, m&m you then throw in mary j blige into the mix and then and then more uh more recently kendrick lamar uh, and then you've got the Super Bowl halftime show which is going to be incredible and uh, cal you put in here memories of up in smoke tour it has got that it's got that edge to it hasn't it mate um i'm probably going to watch that like when prince did it and i was like well fuck it i'm just going to watch it because it's basically prince in concert this is going to be quite fun i think isn't it cal
1: yeah i i think so i think so you know Uh, I don't think Dr. Dre's a natural performer, but he's performed with Snoop a million times. He's performed with Eminem a million times. Uh, So I think they'll put on a good show. Obviously, when Jay Z did the deal to become a part of the NFL, part of that was having more influence on the halftime shows. I don't know anything about NFL at all, but I know that much. Um, So this is obviously, you know, Jay Z's influence is having, you know, having these guys do the halftime show. But yeah, it just made me think of the Up in Smoke tour straight away um i just remember the dvd coming out and watching that dvd all the time um i've not watched it in so long i might actually put that on soon it was just just great the little snippets and the little bit where dr j and snoop dogg are in, in in the liquor store and it gets robbed dr j pulls out his gun it's just like yeah it's just uh when you're uh, you know in your in your teens or early 20s and you're, you're not that not that clued up in you know hip-hop and everything else and you think oh my god yeah dr j pulled that gun he would do that in real life yeah um <laughs> but yeah it just made me think of up in smoke i think i agree with you john i think they'll do a great job mary j Bidge i saw i was lucky to see her live she did a tour with maxwell a few years ago i actually thought she was better than maxwell and i was i was much more excited to see maxwell but i actually thought she was she was better than him on the night so yeah i think it's gonna be great and maybe kendrick could do some new songs because you know i think there's been some talk about his album coming out for a little while so yeah i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be good
0: yeah how about you T? what would, would this catch your attention when this was announced
2: yeah it did i'm um, like i don't have much interest in the in the nfl but you know, it should be a good should be a good halftime show was it in february or, or march you know, i guess harry kane and mrs spurs game to to, to witness <laughs> to witness it in the flesh but no, it should be it should be a great show. Good performance. I think they added in Eminem to just not upset the, the Trump fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to keep the, the mag a lot in check. Like, oh, it's fine. Exactly. We got Eminem. We got Eminem. We got Eminem. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's
1: fine. Yeah, <laughs> Put,
2: wearing their Rip Curl hoodies, <laughs>
0: <laughs> listening to fucking Eminem. Drink, M&M
2: drinking cans of Monster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Um. All right. Let's um. Let's go uh, into part three. Uh, this is called The Choice Is Yours. Yeah. The uh-huh. the no, no, choice who, who, between two who, who, things who, who, and why. Could no. be an album, could be ice, could be a comedian, could be a sneaker brand. Try and keep it as relevant as possible um, to the week that we're recording. So... Um, we mentioned earlier in the show that Verses have managed to secure the talents of KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane. That yeah. is a pr- pretty good coup for uh, the older hip hop fans to enjoy, because I think this is—I um, can't think—I can't think of any like uh, hip hop acts that we've had in Verses that are as like uh, old in time, like sort of the late '80s hip hop era. So th- this is quite exciting. I think this is like a different it's a different vibe, different generation. I saw somewhere online like uh the the poster and then someone just commenting like your y- your auntie's about to get wild. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um T, how are you feeling about KRS one versus Big Daddy Kane? Are you excited for it? And then um once we've like, you know, all discussed it, then we will try and pick a winner.
2: Um I'm not sure about excited but it should be interesting. Should be an interesting show. Um I think Keras ones probably got a deeper discography because he has got the stuff of BDP and the solo stuff. And I think particularly in the mi- early to mid 90s the solo stuff, it did this great. Um, Big Daddy Kane's peak, I would say, was higher, but much, much shorter, I'd say. Um, from 87 to about maybe 1991, I think when Madonna bought that book out and he was in it, I think that killed his, his credibility a little bit. But no, it should be fun. I'd imagine they're just going to maybe just do it like a live show more than going song for song. Like like in the past, so maybe it'll just be Big Daddy Kane doing some James Brown and the Furious Flames type thing, where he's doing all these different dance steps and choreography. So it should be good. it Should be good for you know the five um, elements of hip hop. You know, that's all they love dancing and DJs and and all the rest of it. So yeah, I think it would be um, one of those like real New York hip hop things because you had um, Dipset and um, Locks, so now you kind of got the old school. So it should be interesting mm. from that point of view.
0: For sure. Cal, what's um what's your take on this one, mate? Are you are you, yeah, you're yeah. gonna be watching this with interest?
1: I like where they're going with it, really. Um like yeah. like T just said, the locks versus dipset was a nice thing. They had it, they did it in New York. Um, it was of a certain era, and now this is of a of a certain era, but you know, slightly older. And it does, you're right, John. It feels like the first one of that kind of era what what traditionally has been called the called the golden era that mid late 80s kind of kind of hip-hop i feel like krs1 has been more out there like doing he always used to appear on the documentaries or the dvds that you know that you would buy um there was the art of the mc and the beef dvds he would he'd appeared in everything whereas big daddy kane not so much he's kind of just happy with his legacy and happy to just uh not not be out there so much or perhaps doesn't get the opportunities to be out there so much um but so it'd be good to see big daddy Kane perform and see if he can still go i think KRS One to be fine because he's i i think you know he's performed and like like t said he's made you know a lot more projects and and by extension would have done a lot more concerts um so it'd be interesting to see how big daddy Kane performs uh on this one but yeah, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I think what, um, you touched on something there, mate, that I think Versus are doing quite well, which is a bit of a, it's a, like a bit of a boxing phrase, like styles make fights. I think this is kind of a similar thing, like, it's quite well pitched because, like, mm. KRS-One is very much the, like, rappers rapper, hip-hop, like, backpack rapper's fan favourite, and Big Daddy Kane's the, like, smooth, more, like, kind of, like, pop records, if you like, that, like, crossed over. So, like, that is actually quite an interesting, like, clash of styles, which could be really interesting to to watch. Um, and that's why I think, like, T, I think you're right about it. it might be more like a concert because if it's literally like, if it is in the battle setting, then I think KRS1 is going to kind of mop the floor. If it's a case of, like, let's showcase each other and, like, let's get, like, let's kind of bring the best out of both of each other, I think this would be great. I think this would be really, a really good uh, watch. Um, and yeah, you're right. I, I think how that um, KRS-One is like, I think still still tours like fairly regularly. So I think he's pretty seasoned. I saw Big Daddy Kane did like a Tiny Desk not that long ago. Right. So I yeah. think he's he's still doing okay. bits. And also I think he's just like, he's just cl- like I feel like he's class. Like he's just classy. I feel like he's, you know, like some of those like old pros who, They still play five a side and they're just pinging it around like they're a bit old they can't move and their knees are gone but they they've still got the touch and they've still got the magic i feel like that's big daddy kane will be fine
2: it's like it's like performing in vegas that's how i kind of see big daddy kane i think his live shows will be extra tight because as i said he's got the choreography element of it where you know where he's where his back in dance has put the cape on him and he like jumps up like great James Brown used to do Then he pretends that he's fainted Potential to drop the mic all his little tricks that he does to kind of get the crowd hyped so mm. i think um i think hip-hop is a winner yeah to be, for to sure. be, to be yeah, dull yeah, yeah. yeah
1: i think sure. uh I, I think if it, you know you made a boxing analogy there um john i think if if this was a light boxing Rakim would turn up afterwards and throw a pint glass at the stage and say i fucking want the winner
2: that's yeah. wwe uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, they would yeah. Uh, well yeah, uh WWE it'd be a bit of that as well. Yeah, Rakim's music would hit and he'd come out and hit Caras on the chair <laughs> and then <laughs> and take his spot and take his spot kind of thing. Um so yeah, yeah. I think you're I think T is right, hip hop. probably is the winner. It's the winner.
0: Spoiler alert, if Rakim's in the mix, Rakim bats them both. F- straight facts. Have you seen him recently? He's still got it. He's just fucking unbelievable, Rakim. The flow is just next fucking level.
2: I just I just feel that KRS One has more records because he's got, as mm. I said, there's about two or three albums in a row that BDP did, and there's two or three albums he did by himself in a row. I mean, Big Rakim has got what the three albums I think of with, um, Eric B, and he's got the one solo album. But, but the way Versus has evolved now, it's about performance as well. So. Dipset, if you just putting on Dipset songs and Flox's songs, it'd be a bit closer, but because you've got like, you know, a proper showman and Jadicus, it makes a difference. So you've got, um, Rakim, who's a bit kind of, you know, too cool for school, like an old jazz musician. And you've got Big Daddy Kane, who's like James Brown, and you've got K R S one who's like some rabid preacher. So it's kind of kind of mad. You've got kind of the three people, who very, very different, but still great in, in their own way. So that's what makes it all very intriguing
0: who would you put who? rakim up against <laughs>
2: yeah i was gonna ask exactly. oh, my bad <laughs> yeah, I, was um,
0: like, I was just thinking i was like well if if big daddy kane's out of the picture karis one's out of the picture yeah who who goes against rakim and has any chance that's from the same era
2: it's difficult because outside of those two those are the two people i put against him um i mean rakim was going back and forth with cool keith but that'd be a very weird matchup. um if you listen to um Critical beatdown by Ultra Magnetic and there's a few little jabs at um him, and um, yeah, it's difficult to say. It's probably like a really obvious name, but in terms of East Coast, can't think of anyone. Um, obviously you've got Ice Cube who's up there as as also one of the greatest, but he's not really. Um, you wouldn't put him up against Rakim because it it'd be a very weird matchup. They're very very different rappers. So I I thought you was going to say called G Rap. T.
1: is
2: is he's got the body of work? I mean, I thought it was going to be him. I thought, he was, I thought it was. was going to be him involved in verses, but right, yeah, maybe maybe Cool G rap, but again, it's bodies of work, and I don't know what. I don't know if he'd be that. I don't think he'd translate that role live. So they've chosen two fan favorites in BDK and kls One. So mm. I think that body makes more sense as a matchup than anyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, fair. All right, we're, we're moving into the last uh, last section. This is uh, part four. This is the questions.
2: Uh. It's the
1: questions. It's the questions, boy. It's the, questions. It's the
0: questions. Come on. the it's the boy. It's the This is yeah. where we ask your listener the questions. Or well, sometimes we just come up with our own questions. And um, we, we sort of were discussing this in like just general chat and then we thought, actually fuck, this is actually quite a good question for the pod. So the question is, can you name some beats that have been wasted by below-par raps?
2: My answer to this is always the same, and it comes up on Hip Hop Twitter, and it's group home. Always group yes. home. Yes. Always Malachi Nutcracker. That's always, always, always my fucking answer. And it always will.
0: Do you know what? It's so weird, right? I thought to myself, I was just thinking about this question earlier, and I was just like, it's group home, isn't it? And then I was like... I was like <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that T has said this to me before. So is that just like Inception where it's already in my brain? And then I just thought about it and went, oh, no, they've had, they had some of the best era primo beats and some of the lyrics. I mean, I, quite, I think it works that it's kind of shit. Yeah. Like, it kind of works. Some of the bars are so terrible and the beats, the instrumentals are fucking amazing. Um, Back Against the Wall is incredible. Superstars, incredible. Like the yeah. great instrumentals uh, from group home and, if you had elite MCs that are so often on primo beats, like how fucking classic would those records be? Um, so I don't know. It's uh, it's a, it's probably group home, isn't it? Cal, Any other any other suggestions?
1: So the reason the reason I thought of it was uh, everybody. I I would sincerely hope that everybody listening to this podcast has seen the film Friday. Um, if you haven't, turn the podcast off now and go watch Friday. It's not even that long, and it's just. Essential, essential viewing it actually makes me sick that my 10 year old nephew said to me "Bye, Felicia the other day, like he's 10 years old and he's saying he's referencing Friday. Um, but um, the reason I, I, I asked this question was because in Friday, Dr. Dre did a song called Keep Your Heads Ringing uh, and the B is fucking sick on that. It's classic Dr. Dre B, G-Funk West Coast Hip Hop, but his raps are fucking terrible it's loads of really shit punchlines through scattered throughout this song and it's like oh my god this needs a daz dillinger on it or a corrupt or it needs someone else not you rapping on it just do the hook or something because or just do a verse one verse but that's the one that, that really really stood out to me was yeah keep your head swinging by um by dr dre canon by um little wayne is another one and Ja Rule did a song called Crown, which I really like the instrumental for, but it's Ja Rule and therefore shit. Um, so yeah, there's a few there.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I was just thinking, um, I'm just trying to remember which track it is on Wu-Tang Forever, but it's a verse and it's so bad. It's like <laughs> one of the lines is like, I'm hot like Pop-Tarts, aim me at the charts. and I'm like,
2: oh, fuck. <laughs> oh God. Oh, and, but it's oh, like, God.
0: even his flow is just really like, it's just so out of like, it's just out. It just it just stands out like someone who's basically like practicing rhymes they've written that they haven't listened to the beat, but they've got a book full of rhymes and they've just tried Ooh. to like make it fit and it just doesn't work. Oh, it's God. horrible. It's fucking horrible. I think it's the projects by Wu Tang Clan right oh no, on, on the way home yeah way it's, honestly it is fucking appalling like it's so bad <laughs> his verse and i'm just you know like every time i'm like like it's the last verse as well so you're like you're, you're fucking banging your head and you're like yes yeah, it's a fucking tune and then it just gets to the end and you're like this is fucking awful um so yeah well I, I i don't know if that is the correct title but it's it's i'm sure it's on wu-tang forever and it's capadonna and it's fucking terrible
2: the worst, one of the worst verses I've ever heard on anything in my entire life is um, Wizard does a feature on a James Blake album and <laughs> yeah. he's talking yeah. about talking about eating fish and chips and I just thought, oh. I just thought, fuck off, That's what I, thought, I thought immediately, That's what, what are you doing here? It's just a waste, I mean, why is it even on the album? I mean, what extra audience is that going to get you? I mean, I'm not a mess, I mean... James Blake was someone I tried to like and I couldn't really get into, but that verse has made me want to just chuck my phone across the road. It was just <laughs> dreadful, absolutely dreadful.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I remember seeing that and thinking, like seeing it on the um on the album, like RZA, I was like, oh, that'd be quite um be quite interesting. And then listened to it and was like, fucking hell, that's absolutely terrible. Um, right, I found it. It is heaters off Wu-Tang oh. Forever, right? Listen to these fucking lyrics. Um Where is it? Bermuda, Bermuda, my life, angle, rectangle, gold fronts. Bring the gold dangle, never make me throw darts. Check out my arts. When I release my smarts, I'm hot Uh, like pop-tarts. Aim me at the charts.
1: Oh,
0: Oh, God. God. Oh, dear. Check out my arts when I release my smarts. Might be the cringiest, worst lyric, followed by... Hot like Pop-Tarts aiming at the charts. Now, the instrumental is an absolute monster. It is so good. And I think uh, I think it's uh, RZA. No, I think it's um, Ray and Inspector Deck that go before so That's even worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just listen to those two fucking masters, and then it just cuts in with that shite. Um, that's up there, because that instrumental is incredible, and he fucking ruins it for me every time. There we go. Cappadonna, heaters, trash. Uh, all right, we are at the end of a very rapid fire, Notorious POD. Normally, we go way over. I think we might just be slightly under this week, so we'll eventually mm. get the perfect balance. Um, boy, it's been a pleasure. Uh, if people want to follow you, uh, T, where can, they, where can they follow you,
2: mate? Filth on Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes Snapchat, sometimes TikTok, but mainly Twitter and um, Instagram.
0: And how about you, Cal? Uh,
2: at
1: BC, the Grand Slam, absolutely everywhere. Uh, I don't think I have a Snapchat somewhere. I just use it so I can follow T's story. That's where he posts his nudes on there.
0: Yeah, just it's
2: like your, all all the underground stuff in you know, there before. Yeah, you know, dark before, web shit. Yeah, before you know, before social media <laughs> was cool, that's the shit I post on there because no one no one watches it. Yeah, I know <laughs> why some...
0: Cal's on there. Cal's only on there so that one day you slip up and post something mental that he's like screenshot. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting. I oh, know yeah. he's waiting. Yeah, he's lurking. Fat man he's, lurking.
2: He's under that thin ice, like brick yeah. top.
0: My <laughs> pedigree. pedigree
1: fucking
2: jam.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, fucking brilliant! Well, look. Uh, yeah, go on the website. If you've got music that you want to submit, if you're not coming out, I saw you know someone who is. Uh, chuck us. Follow us. Notorious Pod everywhere. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a Hip-Hop Forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house please remember to leave us a review or as we call it your five for five so give us a five star review and in return you can leave us your top five favorite mcs of all time remember we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a spotify playlist so if you search for the notorious podcast joints you will find it if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at P underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at The NotoriousPOD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at The Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace, peace. peace.